come back. Salute, um, my brother. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, a wonderful show. Thank you. Utulani from Prakpan. You know, I've been sitting and listening to your 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 guest talking about oil, and mm. in my spirit, there's this thing, yeah. You know, to maybe to divert just a little bit, but you know, I wonder if 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 being being black in this world is is a case. I honestly, I. You know, it's very scary to even try and 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 and, and think that way. I know, Wuti, I might be diverting just a little bit, but at the same time, it just feels like you know, it feels like a curse. I don't know, you know, like we we things are getting harder and harder, which they've never been okay for us as black people anyway. And what makes it even more worse is that. Tina, as Abandabamnyama, we're not even united as Tandani. You know, we are separate. As uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. Should I say, may God help us? Or, or, or are we ever going to, you know, like, are we ever going to be okay in this world? You know, from slavery to, 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 to what is going on here. You know, like, I feel like you know, like, I don't know. I feel so... I feel low. Low, low, low. Mm. Look, my brother, I can hear the despondency in your voice. Um, and I think you raised something else, which is, um, you know, black people being um, always at the bottom rung of um, the distribution of power and wealth across the society. Um, not just here at home, but everywhere else in the world and i and i think you know one of the things that certainly has always spurred on the spirit and the mood of struggle both here at home and in the diaspora is this acceptance that we really don't have any other choice but to struggle we don't have a choice to be despondent we don't have a choice to throw our hats in the ring and just say you know what this is it no we don't have that choice our choices that of struggle or you concede. Um, and I think the point you're making around the unity is indispensable in that struggle. And that's the truth of it. Um, the unity, not just of, you know, peoples of the third world, black people, um, but it's a, it's a unity of subaltern people. It's a unity of those downtrodden and oppressed people across the world, you know. Um, and uh, I always say history is a very, very long time. and We only get to live in one lifetime. Uh, but if you can do what you can do in that one lifetime, it might seem small. Uh, but uh, do what you can with the tools that you have. Um, and there's nothing more else we can do, I guess. Um, so I certainly understand and I can hear your despondency. And uh, I say take heart, take strength from Africa. Because, um, yeah, I mean, even if we win this struggle, there are many others that we might have to confront. And that's the reality. We. It's, you know, it's an inescapable reality. It's not like you have a plan B uh, where you can just, you know, dip in and out. Aiko, aiko. We're going to take a brief break now. And when we come back, we talk about the struggles of even those who protect the high healed, the politicians and those in power. Uh, because in Atinabu, was it Dabin?
It is indeed uh, the Shop Stewards Corner. 26 minutes it is before 9 p.m. And uh, yeah, we go into a very, um, I mean, it's certainly the first time I've heard of this particular matter insofar as, uh, uh, you know, um, VIP protection personnel is concerned. Well, it seems many are set to go on strike. Uh, with massive implications for the security profile of many in the executive, politicians, and so on, and uh, uh, VIPs. Uh, and uh, after this after, VIP protection personnel have complained about not being paid for overtime uh, in a matter that has uh, moved from SAPs to provincial branches and right through to the Commission for Conciliation, Mediation, and Arbitration, which is the CCMA. And I'm joined on the line to talk about this by the spokesperson of the South African Police Union, Lesiba Tobakhala. Uh, Brother Lesiba, good evening and welcome. Uh, and also to your listeners back at home. Thank you very much for joining us. Maybe just for the benefit of some of our listeners who might not be familiar with the job of a, you know, a policeman or a security a person who has to protect what are called VIPs. What does that job look like? I mean, I was saying to Andile earlier on, if I'm in, if you are in a VIP protection unit, your overtime must go into hundreds and hundreds of hours um, in every quarter. What does that look like? Maybe just explain that for us uh, and for some of us who might not be familiar. Okay, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, those who are working within the VIP, uh, they are referred to be the close protectors, mm. which means that that specific VIP uh, subject is their responsibility. They ensure that uh, they drive them. They ensure that they are protected wherever they are, be it the course of the day, be it during the course of the night. Everywhere they are traveling, they ensure that they have to protect this VIP at all costs, meaning they even put their lives on the line in order to ensure that uh, that specific politician, that specific uh, MEC, that specific uh, minister is clearly protected at all times. So their type of job, it even goes, you know, where they work long hours, mm. even uh, even during the weekend, uh, majority of them, they sacrifice their weekends with their families and time with their families in order to ensure that the protection mm. of those that they are protecting is guaranteed. Yeah. Is this, when we talk about overtime in that context, is it all of the hours they would work beyond the 45 hours that would be normally expected for people to work, or 40 to 45 hours? No, that is clear, because mm. remember those who are working shifts and even those who are working, you know, after 7 to 4, uh, when we look at the basis of how it goes in terms of the basic conditions of employment mm. uh, act within within our employment, uh, when we look even within the subs, clearly they would they have to do at least around uh, 40, 40 hours uh, per shift, uh, those who are working all of those hours. Mm. But then these ones, they go across, you know, they even go over those 40 hours, meaning if there is a need to ensure that those that they are protecting, they need protection, they need uh, to have somebody protecting them wherever they go, these members, that is the type of duties that they perform, meaning that if maybe a minister is engaged even overnight in meetings and so on, has to travel, uh, you know, to different places, even going to overseas and stuff mm. like that, they are always there with them. So they go way beyond the normal uh, working hours in terms of ba- or in terms of the basic conditions of the Employment Act. Mm, mm. And uh, 
just talk to us maybe about how normally the overtime would be remunerated. How would that process work? Uh, they are overtime, uh, usually in terms of, remember overtime, it is being governed by the policies which have been concluded in a form of uh, agreement within the Triple SPC. So they are overtime, it is indeed uh, governed in that manner. Each month where they worked overtime, they should be remunerated for that overtime, meaning if it is not uh, paid within that very specific month, we know even if it crosses over to the other month, in between their salary runs that would be done, maybe you find that paperwork, it's still not complete and so on, but it it would be paid uh, as soon as possible. But with what we are seeing with the current uh, situation, uh, really it is really not uh, going well because they have not been paid for some time. And mm. it is not in terms of the prescripts because the fact remains to be that they have worked. And, and what seems to be the issue, I mean, on the part of the employer? What are they saying is contributing to some of the delays in paying some of these overtime uh, allowances or allocations? To us, we, we, we don't even see it as a delay because if it was a delay, uh, you know, we wouldn't have taken our members to say, okay, let us go and seek recourse in terms of what they are experiencing. Mm. Because clearly there would be, uh, you know, processes that would be followed internally to say, okay, let us try to resolve this matter before it could get out of hand. But uh, the response that comes out, you know, when you see that, no, these people, it looks like there is no will to resolve this issue. Because the fact of the matter is that employees have worked, employees have sacrificed their lives, employees have complied with the requirements of the agreement to say over time before it could be worked, there should be authority and so on. Then why don't you pay them? There is just, uh, you know, this thing of exploiting workers. That is the attitude we mm. we've been receiving uh, from, from from government at large because we are busy with the wage negotiations even in the PSCDC just to to, to pass there to say uh, the issues that employ that involves uh, workers where they are supposed to be remunerated what is due to them uh, government seems to be applying these austerity measures but with subs they are just not budging about it but they know they are supposed to be paying them uh, but they are not doing that and imagine. This, what, 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 will it, what will it mean to the safety of those VIPs that our protectors are protecting them? Because everywhere they go, uh, these members are always with them to ensure their safety. So we are just seeing, uh, you know, a sort of I don't care attitude. We are seeing exploitation. We are mm. seeing actually an abuse uh, by subs management in terms of what these members, uh, they, are count, they, they, they are coming across where they are not being paid what is due to them. How many of these cases of your members are before the CCMA for the non-payment of these overtime allocations? Uh, definitely, remember, it, it, it is a majority of them. We are representing quite a majority of these members, mm. uh, but the unit itself, it has that challenge. And remember, the unit, it is spread across all the provinces, being it from ranging from Pretoria, being the national office, and even across the nine provinces uh, within, within, within our country. So majority of them are affected by this, and we are really... Uh, 
been pleading and we are still pleading with the subs management to say indeed there is not even a need for us to find ourselves having to go uh, to seek recourse from a third party because these issues are employer employee relations they are supposed to be sorted out uh, even without uh, you know breaking uh, anyone's neck or without even uh, making the tempers of our members to flare because definitely if one has worked it's supposed to be remunerated mm. Where to from here? We're hearing that uh, there might be murmurs of a looming strike um, in this uh, sector. I I can't even start to imagine what implications that might have uh, for managing and containing security risks associated with some of these uh, VIPs. And uh, I must also add, it's not only politicians. Uh, I would think that there would be other people who are classified to have or exhibit a significant security risk and in need of protection. Yeah, you know, this is where even the politicians who are prote- who are being protected by our close protectors, it, it, it is where even they themselves, uh, more especially even the minister of police, because even himself is being mm. protected by our close protectors. Yes. He's supposed to be ensuring that whatever hiccups and whatever issues that are there with self-management of not paying them, uh, they get resolved so that the issue of the strike, it doesn't come you know, to be the main thing that will take center stage here. But we need to remember clearly that uh, those who are working within the South African police services, more especially those who are employed within the South African uh, police, in terms of the South African Police Service uh, Act, uh, they are prohibited from uh, an industrial action because they are considered to be essential services. But with the tempers, you know, that have fled and with the frustrations that our members are faced with, you know, when you engage with them, they are like, no, we are not going to do this and that. But as a union, we have a responsibility to ensure that even they themselves, they do not uh, find themselves uh, to be found to be wanting in any way. But issues, we, we our, our focus as a union is to resolve issues that relate to these members. If they have been resolved even prior to them, you know, having escalated to where they are, but we would still engage subs management in order to avert the strike, uh, you know, any, any possible type of a strike by these members. But we know what the law is saying in terms of those who are essential services. Uh, the service that they are rendering is considered to be essential and mm. thus uh, they are not allowed to be uh, to form part of any uh, industrial action. Yo, 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 yo. Maybe just the last one before we let you go. I mean, I guess, and it's, an, it's on a related score. Uh, you mentioned some of the ongoings at the PSCBC, the Bargaining Council for Yourselves as Public Sector Workers. You're not, uh, or you are not in a position yet where you have found yourselves with the employer. What's the latest insofar as that is concerned? And it does seem that this particular action, uh, if it does happen from the VIP protection members, might be happening in a context where there are many other similar protest actions by public sector workers. We are not happy with the offer, the 2% that uh, 2% offer, last so-called last offer, play table by the employer on the table to say, no, we are giving you 2% salary hike, and that goes with the cash gratuity that is taxable, and then that is non-pensionable. As sub our position, we moved from 10%, we went to 8% because we were in negotiations mandated by our members to say everything should be on the baseline. Our members don't want this cash gratuity because at the end of the day, it doesn't uh, help them. It doesn't increase their pension contribution because, remember, the pension contribution uh, where a member contributes also 
the employer is required to do so. So it looks like the employer has taken, actually the employer has taken a, a pension break uh, and also in terms of, because for the past three years, they were not paying any salary increase, only the cash gratuity. So as up, our position is clear that uh, we are going back on Thursday to the negotiations. But if indeed the employer will still maintain that 2% and cash gratuity, and it doesn't even come close to the inflation, uh, because we have seen the inflation has hiked, we are ready uh, to really take our members to the street. Uh, remember, within the South African Service uh, the, the South African police services, we have those who are allowed in terms of the law, those who fall under the South African, I, I mean, under the Public Service Act, they can go on in this mm-hmm. action because they are allowed in terms of the law. Sure. But we are ready as an organization uh, to continue engaging with the employer. But we have seen intimidations that they were giving us to say, no, if we are going to demand anything more than that 2%, it means that they will not fill vacant posts. It means that they will have to give the variance packages to some uh, employees. They will have to do this and that. That is intimidation because where we come, we came from a summit, a public service summit mm. uh, around May, where, you know, it was agreed upon to say uh, public service, it is under-resourced, it needs to be resourced. That has been a principle even through what we concluded, the, 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 the declaration of the summit. So we are not going to budge as SAPU and even the SAFTU uh, unions, which are in the PSCBC. We are working together with uh, NUPSO, we are working together with PEU, we are not budging down. We are saying that, that it's either that 8% on the baseline or we are going to push uh, for, in that, for an, uh, a clear industrial action because it looks like government is not taking us serious. When you look, they gave themselves 3%, which was backdated, the parliamentarians, mm. backdated to April last year. So, and, and when you look, majority of them are earning above a million. They're earning quite a lot. And that 3%, they dated, it is quite a lot for them. But they are unable to really give us a, a, at least an 8% salary hike for the public servants who are saving our communities day in, day out. Even during the pandemic, a majority of those who are doing essential services, they were working. Our police, our traffic, metro and so on, they were on the road and so on. So we are ready. We we will still continue to engage, but if we see our engagements are not taking us anywhere, we will go to the street. Hmm. Yeah, let's leave it there for tonight. Uh, we'll certainly be watching quite closely uh, to try and see what uh, happens and how this particular one unfolds. But thank you for being so generous with your time. Thank you.